Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. 31-13, the final San Francisco 49ers going to Seattle. Primetime holiday matchup, beating the Seahawks, taking a controlling lead in the NFC West. How did it happen? We're giving out game balls as well today on this live post-game rapid react edition of Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Big ups to all the everydayers out there. Everyone fired up on a holiday. Joining us in the live chat here post game. Fired up after this big 49ers win. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Croc, I want to start with a game ball. We don't usually go game balls first, but how about a game ball to Mr. and Mrs. Crocker? Happy anniversary to the Crockers. You're doing not only holiday stuff, on your anniversary, you're doing a podcast for the people here on Locked On 49ers. So, uh, how about some appreciation for one Eric Crocker and and Stevie and the whole Crocker clan? Appreciate you in a uh, happy anniversary. Thank you. Eight, eight years, eight years married today. So, I'm definitely a veteran in the game and the the marriage thing. So, anybody needs some uh, consulting or advice, I got you. My wife is laughing at me as I said that. So she she's sitting right here watching me podcast. <laughs> she's go. like, no, don't listen to him. Don't take advice from him. <laughs> oh, man. By your side, as always. Uh, I mean, I, I know she has to be a trooper to be hanging on to that roller coaster <laughs> ride for eight years, man. Congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, can, can we start with the 49ers defense in this one? 31-13, the 49ers beat the Seahawks. Uh, it, even the score at the end did not, the game didn't feel like it should have been as close as it was. So we can talk about some reasons why it ended up that way. But I think we got to start out with the defensive side of the ball and, and just how awesome they played. Um, one of our key matchups going into this one was Charvarius Ward and DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf went 10 catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown, I think, in that last matchup against the Seahawks. You know they were going to go after the 49ers. Uh, we had talked about how Charvarius Ward has traveled in the past uh, for some reason only against DK Metcalf, and he did it again, and it was an awesome matchup. And uh, at one point, I don't know what the final tally was, but I think it was seven targets, only one catch for 14 yards for DK Metcalf on Charvarius Ward. So if we're giving out game balls, I think we got to start there. That was a key matchup. That was a clear win for the 49ers and cornerback Charvarius Ward against DK Metcalf. You know, talking to Corbin, that was one thing I definitely wanted to see from the 49ers. Like, don't give up the explosive play. You know, make – Geno Smith have to dink and dunk, make him have to be super accurate over and over and over. And I thought early on, the 49ers really challenged him and made him kind of play that brand of football. The targets that he did uh, attempt down the field, saw the 49ers defense be stout, play very well, running step for step with DK Metcalf, even knocking some away. But when he did try the underneath passes, I thought the 49ers challenged those as well. Uh, terrific interception early on by Ambry Thomas on the sideline. Thought, uh, uh, Traverse Ward had a couple opportunities for interceptions early on that first drive as well. Uh, the defensive backs, they they get a lot of heat from most people, fans, outsiders, my buddies in the group chats. But I thought today they definitely were up for the challenge. Do I wear a hat so much that it was uh, this is a big thing in the in the chat that I'm going no hat? 
Uh, I did get a fresh cut last week at some point. Croc got a fresh cut as of this morning. Got to be fresh for the for the anniversary and for Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? So yeah. Um, Ward uh, in the chat here from uh, from Yan. Ward can deal with the big and slow wide receivers. Uh, he can deal with the big and fast wide receivers as well as in DK Metcalf. And I do think, I do think Geno Smith was off because he could have had him on a couple plays. The deep ball, amazing play by Charvarius Ward, got his hand up there, batted it down. It could have been out there a little bit more. Now it would have been a perfect throw. It would have been a bucket throw, but the throw was potentially there for him. Uh, there was the throw over the middle that I think could have been big trouble if he did lead DK Metcalf more. Uh, that was a near interception for Charvarius Ward, but I mean, just Charvarius Ward's always up for it, and he's a competitor. And that was the fun part of the the matchup is it's you know you you, you pop up some fresh popcorn in this one. You're you're going back for seconds for your for another plate of Thanksgiving food, and uh, and watching that sort of a matchup, which is good on good and Ward versus Metcalf. So uh, always fun to see those types of matchups with teams and clear W for the 49ers and Charvarius Ward. That's a big game ball. Yeah, that, that deep ball, especially down the sideline, there's a reason why that's the lowest percentage pass a quarterback can attempt. Uh, more times than not, the receiver has to make some type of adjustment on it, especially like getting that straight, that straight go ball. Uh, and if it's a little short, you hope your receiver can make a play. But fortunately for the 49ers in that situation, it was, it was Traverius Ward that got his paw up there. And I actually looked at my bro and I'm like... I think he could have got both hands up there and potentially picked that off. Like if he really, you see the guys that have the terrific ball skills, because he had kind of one hand on DK's shoulder, kind of bracing himself, and then he long armed it with the uh, right hand, the ball away. If you go up, you attack that ball at his highest point. I, I'm not being greedy here, but that was just something I, I watched. Like, you know, there's some guys when you see them just make a really terrific play uh, on the ball down the field. And they just have a knack for like making those type of plays, those interceptions. Like those are the plays they make. But he did a great job just knocking it away. And I was happy with that at the very least. I feel like DK wasn't quite as honorary in this one as he usually is. So maybe he was a little bit less competitive on that catch in, in a way. And maybe that was because the 49ers set the tone early in the game. Maybe the Seahawks felt a little defeated in that game at times. And really, I think it was the only reason the Seahawks were close in the end was because the 49ers allowed them to be that like this game was controlled completely from the first drive of the game by the San Francisco 49ers. And that's their game plan every single week. Uh, we talk about being front runners and that's not a negative comment. Uh, and they were that in this game as well, even though they they still let the, the Seahawks get a little bit too close for comfort. Uh, and we'll talk more about the offensive side of the ball, giving up one of those scores. So it wasn't even on the defense who only gave up six total points and two field goals in this game. Um, Zeke in the chat says Tick Brown didn't get caught flat footed today. So that's huge. He, he did get juked a little bit on a uh, Charbonnet. I think it was like a little. Um, Dump off a little check a little down. Dump off, yeah, out of the backfield, and he got he had a nice little juke put on him. But overall, like that's what you worry about. And then um, Odom went down as well. So the 49ers are really light now at safety. Basically, two healthy safeties in this game. Uh, I had talked before about maybe seeing some uh, some Isaiah Oliver potentially playing some safety, uh, but they're gonna have to bring in somebody if this Odom injury is uh, is a long term thing because uh, they're they're down to only two guys at that position right now. So that's something to look up look for in this in this mini buy heading into the Philadelphia Week 13 matchup. What a back-to-back crock. Huge to get this first one. Short week at Seattle, going into Seattle, beat a division rival, get some distance now between the Seahawks at first place in the NFC West, and then get that extra rest before the biggest game on the regular season schedule next week against the Philadelphia Eagles. So huge win tonight on this Thanksgiving. 
you talked about Tick Brown and that missed tackle on Sharper name. Again, I, just the way I watched the game and how I was looking at it and kind of why it happened, I looked at the coverage behind it. They went max, max protection. Max protection. They had two tight ends stay in to help block, and they had a couple guys in route. So he kind of spot dropped, but there really wasn't anyone else for him to help out on. So I, I felt like he kind of could have closed that gap a little bit more on the running back so it didn't have to be such an open field tackle. Uh, I think he made it a little bit more difficult on himself, but ideally you would like to see him rally down and make that tackle. He wasn't able to on that play. But outside of that, I thought um, he was triggering pretty quick uh, on most throws, especially like kind of over the middle. I saw him throwing his body around. He had some nice hits on guys where it was kind of a, a, a kind of crowded in an area. And I see number 27 flying in, throwing his body around. So uh, good stuff. Good first start for Tig. And again, yeah, did not get caught flat-footed on this one. <laughs> uh, the defensive line, man. Six total sacks in this game. Um, Nick Bosa, two sacks. One and a half for Javon Hargrave. You had a sack for Armstead. You had a Tashawn Gibson sack in this one. There was a half a sack for Kevin Givens. There was multiple times where it was like, you know, just having a a meeting at the quarterback. And, and that was the tone set. And I think the 49ers won this game not only on the defensive line, the offensive line, we're going to talk more about the offense in a minute, but you know, to complete the, the, the game ball portion of this, you could kind of just give it to the whole defense, but we gave one to ward. And I think you got to give one to Nick Bosa as well. He's the tone setter on the 49ers defense. And, uh, and he was all over uh, that right tackle for the Seahawks in, in this ball game with a, with a couple more sacks, looking more like that defensive player of the year with just s- snap after snap being super impactful from number 97. Uh, number 97 had a third down sack. And on that specific play, the first thing that raced through my mind was that's the difference between the three game losing streak and drives that kept going. Right. Like just getting that that closing play, getting home and that game changing play, uh, getting yeah. that other team off the field. Not not a pressure, not a quarterback hit where, you know, they still have potential to either catch a pass or you get a flag and keep a drive going or whatever. Getting the sack that really gets that team off the field and also got them out of field goal range as well. So uh, I think those were the plays that were missing. I was calling for Nick Bosa to, hey, you are the guy. You got to figure it out. I'm watching the Browns. I'm watching the Steelers. Watt is figuring out when he's getting chipped and double teamed, he's still making that play. Miles Garrett, he's figuring it out. Bosa, you got to figure it out. In the last couple of weeks, he definitely has figured it out. I think that's been a huge difference uh, in how these last three games have kind of turned out getting the team off the ball, off the, off the field and uh, terrific stops, timely stops at that. All right. We got a lot more game balls to give out here. I want to talk about the offensive side of the ball. Brock Purdy, not perfect in this game, but did have a dagger touchdown pass uh, and a really bad play as well. All that and more coming up on this edition of locked on 49ers. Today's episode of lockdown 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book as the weather gets colder. The NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 to play extra FanDuel with With uh, if your team wins on that initial $5 money line bet to new FanDuel customers. And the app is super easy to use. Use that extra $150 on spreads, player props, over-unders, build your own parlays. One of my funnest, my, my favorite things to do, the, the most fun you can have at FanDuel, in my opinion. You, you spend a little, potentially win a lot, 
Um, that's the way I like to play. Uh, but however you like to play on FanDuel, whatever the sport, not just NFL football, you can find it. Those odds uh, are creeping up for the San Francisco 49ers, especially after games like this, to not only win the West, but to win the Super Bowl. How about Brock Purdy MVP odds? Those might look nice for you as well. And uh, a whole lot more ways to play at FanDuel. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL. Let's kick off this portion of the NFL season. If you haven't already at FanDuel, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, Croc, I'm, I'm full, man. I had multiple plates of food at multiple different houses back home. And, and can I shout out just to, you know, because I'm back home visiting the family, my wife's family, my family's all from the same hometown, Central Valley, Croc. I'm just down the road south of you uh, in Visalia, California. I hope you had a good one up there in the, in the Stockton area. Um, and uh, I just, I really want to shout out the Detroit Lions for just really completing the the feeling of nostalgia of like a back home, seeing old friends and family and those familiar, the familiar Detroit lions having a big L on Thanksgiving and, and looking terrible in the morning game. So I appreciate them driving that home. So uh, that, that, that was the kind of day this was, man, the, the, the Cowboys boat raced Washington and uh, looked like the 49ers were about to boat race Seattle, but they let them back in it. And that brings me to the pick six crock. That was a play that cannot happen. And I don't know if you were thinking it, but I was definitely thinking it. And what was it? One or two plays before, the pick six, there was almost a pick six. And it was a ball that was tipped out of the end zone. The ball flutters up in the air. It lands on the grass. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm speaking it out loud, looking around at like, uh, you know, my seven-year-old nephew who doesn't really know what's going on. I'm like, dude, that's one thing you can't happen right now. You can't have a pick six. Why are you throwing it out of the end zone? And it's almost an identical play. And this time it does get intercepted. Um, There's a little tip ball out of the end zone. It was pointed out that potentially it might have been Brock Purdy that that uh that that changed the call at the line to those plays so you know obviously didn't like the look if it was a run call you know canned it to the pass play maybe um but you got to be right if you're going to do that and so whatever it was that's tough and you're up against you're over at the two yard line or whatever it was that that punt was down Uh, and you know it might be the situation where look Run it a few times, get some space, and punt the ball away. You can't have a pick six and let a team back in it. That that you should be extending the lead in those situations, eating clock, not giving up points from your offensive side of the ball, and and making your defense do more work. I know there were definitely a lot of people that were upset with the play calls. They're like, run the ball, run the ball. Sometimes, and you know, quarterbacks kind of have this, you know opportunity to change a play based on a look, right? Like if we think they should have run the ball, Seattle's thinking, hey, they're probably going to try to run the ball to create more space. So we're going to load the box, right? We're going to give them that picture of a loaded box to either, hey, you want to run the ball? You're going to run into all these bodies or do like Brock did, which was change the play to something that he felt uh, was better suited for the situation. Now, uh, I think where things start to go a little haywire, I think when he did change the play, Went in the shotgun. He had to really hurry up and get the ball snapped uh, before they got a delay a game. And I and I want to say that maybe that kind of rushing and kind of speeding up his clock to get that snap off and get the play going, maybe rushed him to where he made a, a rush decision to throw the ball. He was kind of flat footed and then ended up getting intercepted. But you are right. The one before was kind of went off the hands. It was kind of a, a, a errant pass to Debo Samuel tipped, and then uh, my my brother Donald Hills. Right next to me, and he said, "You guys are about to turn the ball over." 
And literally, <laughs> that that next play, that, that was the pick six. So uh, I, I just think that it was a little rushed. And I think that's something that Purdy probably would say, all right, I'd rather just take that delay game and be a little bit more comfortable as opposed to rushing it and then everything else being sped up. Yeah, I totally agree there. It's just one of the things that can't happen. You can't let a team back get it. Luckily, the 49ers were, uh, were, were – and Brock Purdy was was part of making sure that he had a dagger touchdown pass a little bit later to Brandon Ayuk. Um, Brock not perfect in this game. He wasn't terrible. You're not going to have a 158.3 rating every single game, Croc. What would you think about Brock's total performance? I, I, I was fine. He, he was Brock. Um, th- there wasn't a lot there. It was a, It was going to be a Debo-Christian McCaffrey game. Like, that's – that's what this was going to be, and that's what it was. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a, a whatever game, whatever game from him. I think he's coming off the you know back to back games where he was terrific. Uh, this game, it was a little bit more kind of whatever. Obviously, I think that pick six might overshadow some of the other things. I think he did well, like throw a beautiful touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk later in the game. Uh, there was one throw, and I kind of wanted to talk about this with 49 fans. It is okay to say, "Hey, Brock could have done something a little better." right here and there are plenty plenty of times where he does do better but he allowed witherspoon a rookie out of illinois to make a terrific play like it looked like a terrific play by the db almost like he had eyes in the back of his head got his hand in there broke the ball up and then right when i saw that i said man he puts a little more air under it like Brandon Ayuk runs into the end zone. And I had to tweet that out because that, that's just what it looked like. Hey, a little bit more air. There's no defenders over there. It doesn't even have to be a perfect uh, pass. Just put some air under it. Ayuk will run underneath it. Easy touchdown. People like came to Brock's defense. Like, oh, no, it was just a great play by the DB. Well, yeah, it was a great play because he allowed it to be a great play because he put it on the line. Now, maybe he didn't expect the DB to do that. But even then, I watched Dak Prescott earlier throw a pass into the end zone. He had, what, number nine, Turpin or whatever, and he just put air under it, let him run, run underneath it. I don't know if there was another defender coming or not, but boom, touchdown. And Brock had one of those. It was kind of a gimme touchdown pass. He left, he put it on the line. So it's okay to not be perfect, and he was not perfect in this game. He came back later, had a beautiful touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk, uh, which was awesome to see. How about a game ball to? I, I want to give two game ball, two more game balls on offense, maybe even three. But I kind of want to give one game ball to the offensive line because the offensive line was good in this game. Brock Purdy wasn't, uh, wasn't you know running for his life back there. He had one sack for one yard. They were they were making some space in the running game. There's multiple runs where there was a lot of space for Christian McCaffrey, uh, Debo Samuel, especially early in the game on those first two. Scoring drives. Uh, McCaffrey had multiple runs where nobody touched him until he's five yards down the field. Nobody touched uh, Debo Samuel as he walked into the end zone in the entire play. It's rare that you get a touchdown in the NFL. Nobody touches you, um, especially running the football. So uh, offensive line creating some plays for, for I think, uh, game ball worthy performances from both Debo Samuel. Nine targets, seven catches for 79. The rushing touchdown and Christian McCaffrey, who a couple more touchdowns and went over 100 yards again on the ground. I thought Brock Purdy was running a little too soon early. I'm like, dude, you're not Lamar Jackson. All right, like, do what you do well, which is throw with timing and rhythm, back foot to the ground. Maybe you guys aren't open. I have to see the all 22 to kind of understand why he was running like that. But the pushback, not pushback. Yeah, I guess the pushback I got. And again, I, I, I feel the post of the fan base and then I try to, you know, elaborate or talk about it through the podcast. They said the offensive line was playing bad. And I, I didn't think that they played bad. I, I think that they played well. 
you know, I thought that obviously, you, you know, you want them to be perfect and, and they weren't that. But overall, I thought they did a, a solid job with pass protection. Again, not great, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like, oh man, Brock is just under so much duress. Like he can't get ball out. He can't be accurate. I didn't think that was the case. I, I thought for the most part, they pass protected well, but that my timeline was saying otherwise. So, but you thought that they played well also, yeah, right? I mean, I thought the pass protection was fine. Um, you know, sack, he sacked for one time for one yard and he, there was no glaring times when they were just getting beat because they were losing up front. But they were especially great, I thought, in the, in the run game, and, and that was the the thing that really stood out to me was how much space they were creating in the run game, and uh, and and that's against a team that knows the 49ers are trying to run the ball, you know, and and so they were still able to do that, and uh, love some of the looks and some of the some wrinkles that Kyle Shanahan put out there with some of those calls, especially the touchdown run to to Debo Samuel. So um, all good up front, all, all good on both sides of the ball, really for the 49ers. Where they were bad especially early on, man, screenplays. I don't know if it was the offensive line. Maybe it's just a play call and there was a tip. But, man, those screens were getting blown up. And it could have been the timing of it. I did have one bone to pick with Kyle Shanahan. I thought when you had a turnover at midfield, it might have been the interception. That's it. Everybody knows, man. You you get that big takeaway. That's it. At midfield plus territory, that's an opportunity to take a, a, a shot to the end zone, and he didn't. He ran into the back of the line, and then he uh, threw a screenplay that ended up losing like four yards, and it kind of set them back. You know, take that shot, Kyle. Be be like that aggressive guy. And I feel like um, at times he still leans a little bit more conservative in in those kind of moments. Like that's the, that's the like the yeah. knockout point punch type. And again, eventually they did knock him out. Before that, we're talking about. Areas where they potentially could get better. Four nights, one thirty, one thirteen. All right, yeah. could have but, been a could have been second round knockout. Instead, it was a fourth round knockout. Yeah, there were just certain things where I'm like, man, you know, take that, take that shot. This is that time you have that momentum. You just got the ball, and then boom, you you know, hit George Kittle on a deep crosser. Hit hit Ayuk on a deep crosser. Throw the ball downfield. You know, and we didn't see that. We've seen that the last two weeks, right? Jacksonville. We saw it against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big completion, sixty six yard touchdown. Uh, by George Kittle, 77 yard touchdown, whatever. Brandon Ayuk, I didn't see quite that shot play in this game. I, I would have liked to see that a little bit. All right, more game balls, uh, more to break down in this one, including now some breaking news about George Odom and that injury for the San Francisco 49ers, courtesy of Kyle Shanahan's post game presser. Next, today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by. Game time, download the game time app and get a little special offer for our listeners here, as we do from most of our fantastic sponsors on Locked On 49ers. And when it comes to buying tickets for your next big event, whether it's a 49ers game, uh, you know, comedy show, uh, concert, theater events, whatever it is near you, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of those events. And you shouldn't have to worry, it shouldn't be a hassle to buy tickets for all of your next favorite upcoming events. So with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes all that guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see your seats from the view of your seat before you buy, so you, you know exactly what you're getting when you arrive. All prices are shown total upfront, so you know what you're getting, and you're getting that great deal without the hidden fees, which is my least favorite part of buying tickets these days. So buy tickets in seconds, couple taps. They're on the app. You don't have to go fishing through your email once you get to your event. And by the way, you can buy tickets to the event up 
right up to the time of the start of the event or even an hour after the event starts. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, uh, looking at the chat here as we go live post game, Croc, um, I'm seeing from multiple folks in the chat now that George Odom, most likely, according to Kyle Shanahan, has a torn biceps, and that'll put him out for the rest of the season. So, he's a special teams demon, gives you, uh, gives you depth at safety. And man, the 49ers have been really healthy at safety until the last couple of weeks. And now they lose Odom, who's a key backup, special teamer. They lost Talanoa Hufanga. Both those guys done for the year. They're down to two safeties, rookie Jair Brown and Tashawn Gibson. And Tashawn Gibson's been about as solid as you can be since he showed up for the 49ers late in camp last year. It's right before the season last year. Uh, and, you know, and you got the rookie next to him, but they're going to have to make a roster move now at safety. Yeah, that's tough. You know, especially being short there and, and having some inexperience. You think they maybe make a call to a guy like Jaquiski Tart? Yeah, it was some of these just you want that veteran, the guy that just kind of come in and if he has to play, right? Like even ideally, you don't want Tart to have to be on that field or start. Just having a guy in there that has that veteran presence that just understands defense. He played in a lot of different defensive styles for uh, schemes with the San Francisco 49ers. I think, you know, obviously he feels more like the, you know, what makes sense. But then they also have guys like Hawkins that's, uh, you know, been there with the team, even though he's on practice squad and uh, they might be able to bring him up and and have him active on game day. Maybe he could be that next safety up. Uh, you go, uh, you go Dante Johnson as well. He's played multiple positions with the 49ers. They should brought him in for a workout. Right. So um, there are some options there. And I don't think they're going to spend any money on whatever those options are. And it might be just another in-house young player like uh like taylor hawkins that that joins the squad and in quantrez knight i think might still be out there uh, if he was released because the cardinals picked him up uh when he was waived at the beginning of the season and um i believe he is now a free agent so he is somebody that the 49ers could look at as well maybe he goes to the practice squad you call up taylor hawkins maybe something like that to, uh tony in the chat says niners should call eric crocker I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Eric Crocker is not smart enough to play safety in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, he's a prima donna, doesn't tackle, and now he's bulking up too much. So he might have to move the linebacker. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> tackle. I definitely would tackle. Someone that asked me, like, you think you could tackle Debo or uh, Christian McCaffrey one-on-one in the open field? And I'm like, I can. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, how, many, how many chances do you get? That's the question. Uh, yeah. That Yeah, that's the uh, – that's tough. Um, no, Croc could tackle. Croc has pure hands as well. Could have played receiver, but he felt like he was, you know, more unique. Be that six-two corner. He was a good call by you, Croc. Yeah, and that was back in the day. I mean, we're talking about two thousand five. You know, they didn't really have a whole lot of tall cornerbacks like that. So I, I felt like it kind of made me stand out a little bit more. I think it was you know, right. I think it was. Right. You know where you had to really fit in was the Legion of Boom. Funny you say that, uh, when I was coming that, that year in the Arena League and all the NFL teams started calling and my name was kind of buzzing around social media, people were like, man, he plays like Richard Sherman. So <laughs> I got that comp a little bit. Uh, again, was not as smart as Richard Sherman. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd probably play a lot longer. Oh, God, oh, come on. Isn't, um, isn't 
Arkansas Monticello, known as the Stanford of the South in some circles? Not exactly. No? No? If okay. I don't in the Arkansas, but I don't think they got any. There ain't no Stanford, nothing going on down there. <laughs> okay. Uh, where are we at here at the game balls? Is there any other game balls you wanted to give out, Croc, in this one before we go? Uh, did we say Christian McCaffrey? Uh, I kind of did. I kind of lumped in McCaffrey with the offensive line, Debo, in the in the run game that was on point today. Yeah, well, I'll give him his own because, man, I, th- I thought he played exceptionally well. Uh, some of the cuts, you just watch him kind of make a move on the move. Watch how he set up his offensive linemen, kind of create space for him, get skinny going through these holes. I thought he did a terrific job uh, running tonight. Vision was on point. Catching the ball was on point. Uh, terrific job all the way around for Christian McCaffrey for sure. Uh, there was somebody on, on Twitter that hit me up during the game. Uh, shout out to whoever you are. I don't know if you're in the chat right now as well. But they said, uh, game ball to Christian McCaffrey's elbow. Because they showed the close-up of his bloody elbow during the game. And he said, that elbow's been bloody for 11 weeks. So shout out to... Dude, the, just the pounding that running backs take. And you see him getting worked on. There's guys screwing his helmet on both sides on the sideline. Uh, in, in the chat, Viet Toss says, CMC with the helmet change made me think he was the bionic man getting a pit stop and that that's what it looks like sometimes for uh for McCaffrey and he wasn't out there at the end of the game they finally did give him a rest and I didn't think it was a big enough lead that Kyle Shanahan would be you know putting in um you know uh another running back because he just hasn't this year in those situations but Elijah Mitchell did get a little bit of run I wonder if they were just like okay Christian McCaffrey you've taken a, a lot of pounding today a couple touchdowns you know 25 touches again uh it's time to it's time to give you a little bit of a rest I'll tell you what, one thing, I have a bone to pick with Kyle Shanahan a little bit, and it's not his fault, but maybe it is how he calls plays, whatever. When it comes to prize picks or whatever, those little fantasy apps that you play, mm-hmm. I would not be taking any 49er skill position player, again, outside of Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, I usually like his number. I'll take it. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, I will not touch those guys because you just don't know when one of those guys is going to get off. Like it's, yeah. it's you cannot predict it. So the, the moment you think like, okay, I got a grass, man. They've been feeding George Kittle. You take him eh, nope. 12 yards receiving or 19 mm-hmm. yards, whatever he had. The moment you think Debo Samuel or Brandon Knight, Brandon Knight's been having terrific games. He goes under in his yards and then Debo goes crazy. Then next week is going to be, I don't know you, whoever it is, you'll end up picking wrong. So I'm staying away from those guys outside of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and you look at the last three games. It was like uh, Kittle had a big game, and then it was Ayuk, and then this week it was Debo Samuel. So it's always oh, going to be cool. Christian McCaffrey. He's the constant, and then they're just going to rotate who's going to have a big game. And it might be just who's open with the reads, but I think a lot of it is is really game plan related, which I think really hurt the 49ers against the uh, against the, the Browns in that game because Debo went out in the first series, and he got the ball multiple times already before he got hurt. I think he was a huge part of that game plan, and, and Kyle had to sort of you know flip over the play sheet and, and – and go to a completely different game plan on the fly early in that one. And, and so, uh, and that's, that's what Kyle Shanahan really, and that's why he's such a good coordinator is because he, he knows how he's going to attack a defense before long before the game starts. Right. And, and so I don't think it's a, like today, I don't think it was a fluke that Debo, you know, what was the one of those three that, that had most of the production. And I don't think it was a fluke that it was Brandon Ayuk last week or that it was George Kittle the week before. Well, George Kittle, it's been four four straight weeks. Like prior to this game, he had seventy five or more receiving yards. So he had the Vikings game, the uh, 
the the Bengals game, the Jags game, and Tampa Bay. Four straight games. And in this game, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with George Kittle. We're seeing the trend here. You were wrong, Crocky. You were wrong. <laughs> Great point by SJ Sharks fan 39 in the chat. George Kittle's personality post game with the turkey should be game ball worthy. And just for any 49ers fans that, you know, were around 10 years ago to watch the Seahawks eating turkey after a Thursday, after a, a Thanksgiving win against the 49ers. Um, I think that's what everyone was waiting for. And I didn't stick around to watch it. So I'm glad to hear George George Kittle was having fun there eating turkey in Seattle on their field post-game win 49ers over the Seahawks on Thanksgiving. I think that moment specifically is what was going to make this game special for me. Just having that bitter taste in our mouths just from was it 10 years ago, however long ago, 2014. Uh, and just just how I felt after that game kind of depleted. I think that swept the 49ers uh, that kind of started to put a damper on the 49ers making the playoffs in that year. The, the grumblings about uh, Jim Harbaugh started to get louder and louder. That was kind of a, a tough time, and they kind of added to it. So good to see them kind of having a tough time and 49ers kind of piling on with that eating on their field. I love it. Uh, apparently Kittle stole the turkey, so I don't have to go back to the DVR and, and, and watch the <laughs> that part that I missed when I was firing up the podcast. So uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, again, happy anniversary to you, Croc, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Hope everything's ha- hope everyone's having a fantastic holiday uh, wherever and however you are celebrating and get a nice little mini buy before the Philadelphia Eagles. Appreciate all the listeners out there. That's a, one of the things I'm most thankful for. Uh, this season is uh, being able to do this and, and uh, get with y'all every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It goes for you too, Croc. All the listeners, all the everydayers out there, appreciate you. And Croc and I will be back Monday, Monday after the weekend. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers.